I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome to Ohio Politics Explained. It is the It's 420 Somewhere edition. I'm Anthony Shoemaker, the Ohio Bureau Chief for the USA Today Network, filling in for your normal host, Haley B. Miller. Joining me this week is Bureau Reporter Laura Bischoff. Hey, Laura. Hey, Anthony. Well, the big topic everybody's talking about this week is Ohio's recreational marijuana law going into effect. Uh, Starting on Thursday, Ohioans can now legally use and grow recreational marijuana. Lawmakers tossed around several ideas for changes this week, but nothing passed in time to change the law as approved by voters in November. Um, So what's the situation currently, Laura? I mean, people can use marijuana in Ohio, but they can't buy it. Right. So, yeah, that, that's the, the takeaway is it's legal today, but there's no place to legally buy it. You can start your plants for home grow. Each household is allowed to have up to 12 mature plants, um, six per adult. Like if you live by yourself, right. six is the limit. And 12 per household? And 12 per household. Um, but you got to go to Michigan to get the seeds or order them online, according to uh, earlier story Haley wrote. So. Exactly. On Wednesday this week, there was a lot of drama out at, at the state house. Um, there was sort of a standoff between the House and the Senate over what changes were needed to happen and when. And uh, at the toward the end of the day, there was a hurry up press conference by Governor Mike DeWine to kind of uh, say he was on the same page as the Senate on what the changes should be. And I think it was sort of like a pressure tactic to see if they get the House to agree to those changes. Among the changes would have been to knock down the home grow from 12 plants to six per household and allow existing um, medical dispensaries to sell recreational marijuana very soon. Um, and DeWine's pitch was kind of like, hey, if we don't do this really quickly, if we don't do it right away, the black market will flourish in Ohio. Of course, the black market has been right. Well, flourishing. And it seems to me like whenever you go to, whether it's you know Cincinnati, Columbus, Athens, Cleveland, you smell marijuana more now anyway, even before this went into effect. So I think the the governor seems to be concerned that, you know, as the use is going to increase, but people can't buy it safely. Like at least if they're buying it from the medical dispensaries, it will be tested product. Right. And I think that's um, one of the main arguments in favor of issue two was that marijuana is is widely used across the state and uh, having it legalized, tested, and taxed would be um, a better better route. Anyway, the, the House did not agree to the, the changes that the governor and the Senate were on board with. And so I think next week we'll probably see a rinse and repeat of some of the um, negotiations and push and pull between the two chambers. I think that um, the House also has a bill um, introduced talking about all these changes. What's interesting, though, is um, I think I think almost all of the legislators and, and the governor are aware that they have to do kind of like this delicate dance between making changes that they think are, are necessary without going overboard and unraveling the uh, the will of the voters. I mean, issue two passed by 57 percent. Yeah, I mean, do you? That's this is something I thought was kind of fascinating when you look at the issue two vote compared to like the issue one vote from November. Thirty counties voted for marijuana, the marijuana legalization, um, including a lot of Trump counties. And um, uh, do you think maybe they were surprised that marijuana legalization was as popular in some of the rural areas and than it ended up being? You know, I don't, I I don't think so. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall pretty clearly. 
What I think is interesting is that, you know, because this is a, an initiated statute, that meant the advocacy group had to collect a bunch of signatures, present the law to the lawmakers, and the lawmakers had four months to um, either pass it, um, amend it and pass it, or ignore it. And they chose to ignore it. And now that there was such, you know, it passed and, and there's such overwhelming support for it, now they are taking the opportunity and saying, like, well, actually, we do want to have a say in how this is shaped. And they, they're, you know, trying to mold it in their, in, in what they think is, is the right way to go. Yeah. Making a, trying to make a lot of changes now that it is, now that the law is in effect. So we'll, we'll be covering a lot of uh, changes probably in the next few weeks as, um, as this continues to develop. For our second topic um, this week, we're going to talk about the indictment of former Public Utilities Commission of Ohio Chairman Sam Randazzo. He uh, pleaded not guilty to an 11-count indictment on bribery and fraud charges uh, in uh, U.S. District Court on Monday. Um, he is charged with one count of conspiring to commit Travel Act bribery and honest services wire fraud. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Do you know? Yeah. Um, public officials are required to give their honest services. Oh, I didn't realize that's what they called it. Yeah. Two, two counts of travel act bribery, two counts of honest services, wire fraud, which I mentioned, and one count of wire fraud. Five acts of making illegal monetary transactions. It's quite a list here. Yeah. You know, most of the, um, most of the charges relate to bribery and fraud um, having to do with the House Bill 6 case. Essentially, you know, Sam Randazzo, he was a pretty well-known energy attorney, and uh, he became chair of the Public Utilities Commission uh, back in April of 2019, shortly into uh, Mike DeWine's tenure. And uh, he served in that position until just a little bit after his condo was raided by a crew of FBI agents back in November of 2020. And that was after um, House Bill 6 had, had um, taken effect. And then in July of 2021, uh, First Energy, which is the utility company based up in Akron, it signed a, a deferred prosecution agreement. And it said in that agreement that it paid a $4.3 million bribe to Randazzo in exchange for favorable treatment on the PUCO. Now, that and, wasn't long before DeWine gave him the job, right? Correct. The payment um, occurred in, I think, at the end of December um, of 2018, just shortly before Randazzo's name was put forward as a, as a candidate for PUCO chair. The PUCO is like, you know, it's a really um, powerful board that has a lot of sway over, you know, these massive utilities. Anyway, so the um, Randazzo has denied um, all wrongdoing. And he, like you said, he, he pleaded not guilty. The indictment, what I thought was interesting is that in addition to, to the bribery, the 4.3 million and the actions he took that um, favored First Energy. Um, they also said that he embezzled about a million dollars from um, his clients uh, in a kind of like a separate scheme. Um, he represented and I think co-founded a group called the Industrial Energy Users Group, the IUE. Anyway, and it said that over the years what he did is he would represent the interests of that group before the PUCO, and he would negotiate settlement payments, and that some of the, he he basically funneled some of the settlement payments off for his own use. The third topic we wanted to talk about, and this was you know it, it's just kind of interesting to me that that readers always seem to be fascinated with daylight savings time. And yesterday, one of the things the the 
the state house uh, took on was um, they passed a resolution to ask Congress to make daylight saving time permanent. Um, the the resolution would uh, enact something called the Sunshine Uniformity Act of 2023. And I didn't know this, but states have the freedom to change to standard time, but they don't have the freedom to change to daylight savings time. Uh, and right now, Arizona and Hawaii are the only states that have uh, permanent daylight savings time. And this past Overwhelmingly, I mean, it's 64 to 19 in the state house. People just hate setting their clocks clocks back and having it get dark earlier. Every time we write anything about it, it seems like we get tons of web traffic on it. Why do you think this is such a hot topic? Um, again, I think you're right. People don't really like changing their clocks. Um, and they don't like the idea that, like, you know, the, that uh, it gets so dark um, in at, in wintertime so early. Um, but the flip side of that is that, you know, people who have little kids who are trying to catch school buses in the dark, uh, appreciate it, uh, because then it's lighter in the morning. And as a morning runner, I prefer having daylight in which to run. Uh, I guess the evening runners might have the, <laughs> the converse of that. Uh, you know, this is a little resolution, um, and it basically urges action by Congress. It doesn't carry a lot of weight. No. Um, so time will tell. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of really, uh, one final thing before you f- before you go, Laura wrote a story last week that everyone seemed to be reading. Uh, the story was picked up nationally by our partners at USA Today, and it involves an Ohio lawyer getting reprimanded by the Ohio Supreme Court for some very odd behavior. Laura, what happened? Yeah, this criminal defense attorney named Jack Blakesley over uh, in the eastern part of the state, he got suspended for defecating into a Pringles potato chip can and then tossing it into the parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center. And this happened in November of 2021, and surveillance video caught the incident. He, his defense was uh, that he wasn't really targeting (laughs) this group, but that he randomly, he, he, puts feces in Pringle cans and randomly throws them from his car. That's his thing. And, you know, it's one of, that's one of those things when you become a Supreme Court justice, you probably never think you're going to have to deal with. Ever. So uh, on that note, we'll uh, end it for this week. Thanks for listening. Haley, we'll be back next week. Have a good week. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Ohio Explained. 